0: John, welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Stelia, and with me today is Pastor Adam.
1: Hey, Deaconess. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So, today we are discussing your sermon from this past Sunday, um, and your sermon was based off of the Gospel, Luke 18, right? Yes. Can you just give us a brief summary of, of what the text is saying?
1: Uh, yeah, the reading includes two major parts, the first being Uh, Jesus gives his third and final passion prediction. Uh, He is heading towards Jerusalem, and he is reminding his disciples of what he is going to Jerusalem to do. And the disciples, uh, once again, do not understand these things. And then you also have the healing of a blind beggar.
0: Why was the blind beggar a part of that section of reading that's read?
1: I think part of the reason the blind beggar is included in the reading, it's because... After he's healed, he continues to, now he goes and follows Jesus, glorifying him, praising God. And Palm Sunday is not too far away in Luke's gospel. I think in some of the other synoptic gospels, uh, you have the healing of the blind man or the blind men, and then you go right into the Palm Sunday scene. So I think it's kind of a prefiguring of Palm Sunday.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, that, that would make sense. I was kind of wondering, it almost seems a little fragmented. You know, he's talking to the disciples, and then we have this miracle But that would make sense.
1: Yeah, and that's also par for the course with Luke in in these chapters is that it it does at times feel fragmented with what he's doing because Jesus does this and this and he's here and now he's there and he says this. Uh, We're at the very tail end of Luke's kind of Jerusalem uh, discourse. So uh, yeah, that'd be par for the course for Luke.
0: What was the central teaching of your sermon?
1: Uh, That God gives all things to us beginning first with his son.
0: So this giving to us, you talked a lot about this passivity, this reception of God's gifts um, and you you kind of got to that point through talking about different views of humanity right and you went into three views. Can you briefly remind us what those three views of humanity are?
1: Uh, yeah working through the reading we have the disciples and how Jesus tells them what's going to happen to him uh, but they fail to understand once more. And so they lack understanding. You also have just in kind of in the background and uh, what's coming later on in the story, you have crowds. You have, in this case, crowds of uh, Jews and soon crowds of Gentiles. And while at the moment Jesus is not, out, not rejected by them, we know the rejection is coming and that rejection is followed by violence, a desire for control, a desire to do things uh, the crowd's way. And so this gets in this idea of humanity of our Our desire for control and how often that desire for control leads to violence. And finally, we have the blind beggar who sits and begs. I mean, sure, he cries out for Jesus, but there's nothing he can do to improve his situation. He can't save himself from blindness. He can't save himself from eternal death. And so this blind beggar, in his being, in his condition, he is completely passive. The only way he is can be better is not that he betters himself but that someone else comes along along the way and heals him.
0: So it seems like the first two views of humanity, you mentioned the disciples lacking understanding and then the Jews and Gentiles desire for control, that is that this is pointing to the problem of the sermon.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely uh, the problem of the sermon is this idea of trying to m- have us do the verbs of the gospel. Whether... In our, if we can understand God rightly and figure everything out, you know, we can kind of go down that route. Uh, Some Christians get really caught up in how well reasoned they are, how much they've solved the faith, but also how often our actions just lead to further destruction and goes to um, speaking of the works of our hands do not bring us to salvation. Rather, uh, we are helpless along the side of the road. Someone has to come and save us from our condition of sin, death, and the devil.
0: It definitely seems like there is conviction um, for all of us in those, even if we're not participating in that same violence that the Jews and Gentiles eventually did. That's still that root problem that you mentioned, of that desire for control, um, of us not wanting to be um, seen as, as a beggar, as someone poor, as someone in need, right? That that just really goes against our basic human inclinations right
1: i think so i think it's just we want to appear put together we want you know uh uh, we were at a a conference last weekend uh in phoenix and there's a lot of church workers there and you know there's a kind of a common uh conversation and even a joke amongst the the group is you kind of check with each other you know how's ministry going you know how's life in the congregation and a lot of people just say yeah things are good things are going well (laughs) and you never hear Uh, you don't often hear you know some of the tougher things that are happening and we just don't want to let our guard down and we, we do this in so many areas of our lives the blind beggar is exposing that for us um through um his blindness he's actually helping us see you know who we really are
0: yeah that actually reminds me um in the conference there was this good session um that was talking about like trauma that people have experienced and i forgot the percentage but basically more than half of like people have experienced some kind of trauma in their lives. Yeah, That sounds right. And the pastor just mentioned like kind of what you are saying, it's tempting to appear put together. Um, but we Christians can like be more real and really admit our weaknesses and the sins that we've committed. And then the ones that have been committed against us um, because we do have the solution to our problems. That, or that answer, that answer being Jesus on the cross for you. So I thought that was just a really nice way.
1: Yeah, our God saying. is the God who enters into our trauma and answers it right. with his death and resurrection for us.
0: We don't need to be on our guard or appear a certain way right? because we have Christ. So I just, I liked, that really stuck with me.
1: Yeah, that reminds me, I'm just looking here at um, my New Testament. And while I mentioned Palm Sunday is not too far away, uh, Luke gives us a couple of A couple of stories are before that the next story after the blind beggar is Jesus and Zacchaeus. You talk about someone who is, you know, uh, can be guarded or put together and someone doesn't want to be exposed for his sin, right? In terms of how he's stealing and, you know, this sort of thing. Uh, Zacchaeus is what a great example of that and what our Lord comes to do. And I'm coming to your house, (laughs) right? Um, I'm going to come and dwell amongst you. And that's what our God does.
0: So then how do you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith or life through the sermon?
1: My encouragement near the end of the sermon was to help us get into the mindset for Lent. You know, we're at the end of these kind of pre-Lenten weeks and we've been kind of turning the ship and we're getting ready to head towards Ash Wednesday and then the Sundays of Lent and finally Holy Week. And so what kind of, uh, what kind of preparation ought we to pursue and my encouragement is to uh, consider and embody and live into how the Christian life is the receptive life, uh, the, was it the via re- receptiva. It is the receptive life. I mean, what are we that we have not been given? I mean, our God who has created all things has given us all things. And even more than that, he is the one who gives us all things for our salvation. And uh, Lent, Holy Week, Easter. It's what it all comes down to, the God who gives all of himself for us. And so um, making ourselves (laughs) more receptive, if you will, or um, trying to embody that sort of reality was my hope.
0: In talking about beggars, um, I'm sure you've mentioned this this in a sermon before about beggars, but it does remind me of Martin Luther when he was on his deathbed and he was holding that piece of paper in his hand that said we are all beggars before God, right? Yeah, yeah said?
1: I did think about using that in the sermon. But yeah, uh, was on his deathbed, Luther dies, and they notice there's a crumpled piece of paper in his hand. They pull it out, and it just says that we are beggars. This is true. I mean, this is, yeah, this is what it all comes down to. Yeah, so I thought about using that story. So that's something that did not make it into the sermon. <laughs> um, but this is, this is how it is. Uh, we... Uh, we are dead in our sins and God comes and rescues us from them.
0: Something I really liked about your sermon was how you got to Jesus in it and how, or one thing that you had said was how Jesus is fully human. And I'm going to butcher the line, but something about restoring us to being fully human. And it did, you know, give me pause. And I guess I kind of want to ask, like, right now as we are like are we fully human and like what what exactly that means
1: uh yeah so you're going to get a a yes and no sort of theological answer but i want to at least flip it on its head that uh are we fully human no and yes and i think starting with the no is an important thing that when we fell into sin we lost in some sense the image of god that we were created uh we have lost that relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And there really has not been a human being to walk this earth until uh, the one who was born of Mary. Uh, and Jesus is that second Adam as scripture speaks of. So
0: in that sense, Jesus is more human than we are.
1: Yes. Which is why when we think of like pursuing goodness or truth or beauty or what does it mean to be um, human beings that God has created us, we start with Christ. And, and we go from there. Now, are we still creating God's image? Well, yes. Are we human beings? Yes. Uh, you know, the dignity of, of of life, how we treat one another, the commandments in, in our regard for each other, absolutely, you know, are still in play. But in the fall, we lost something. And part of that is we lost our humanity and Christ has come to restore that humanity. And he does it by taking on to himself A human nature
0: you mentioned just a minute ago about how we're approaching the season of lent and i was wondering maybe your thoughts um about the placement of the sermon and this receptive life um and how we can use this receptivity as we journey towards ash wednesday
1: yeah could you read again what verse 31 says
0: in taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished.
1: Yeah, I, I love uh, this verse. And it's something that gets a little glossed over in the English, but whenever you get like a behold or a look or a see, uh, it it actually means like, hey, pay attention here. Or um, I remember my uh, Hebrew professor in undergrad, you get the, in Hebrew it's hene, in Greek it's idu, but hene looky here. (laughs) Um, And whenever you see those moments, you know, it's meant to draw our attention when when the writers of scripture do this in Jesus here. Hey, disciples, look, it's Jerusalem. This is where we're going. This is where it's all going down. And in some sense, um, our Lord is speaking, you know, through uh, Luke to say, hey, looky here. We're going to Jerusalem. Let's hear once more how our God has come to save us. It'll be by suffering and dying, and thankfully on the third day rising from the dead. And so uh, the placement of this reading uh, the Sunday before Lent makes a whole ton of sense. And it's in- ur- urging all of us, hey, see, behold, your God is here for you.
0: Have you ever preached on this text before?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think I've uh, came used it in a recent sermon where I kind of jumped ahead and talked about this, but I I don't think I've preached on this text explicitly.
0: Well, very good. Is there anything about this text that maybe if you were to preach on it again that you would focus on?
1: That's a good question. I was a little intrigued by how the blind man talks about his sight. Uh, was it say in the English there? Uh, you know, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus calls him over. What do you want me to do for you? And what does he say?
0: And he cried out, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son David, have mercy on me. What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight.
1: All right. Uh, that word there, uh, let me recover my sight. The verb there can go in two ways. It could just mean, uh, Lord, let me be able to see. Or let me regain my sight. Now that's all we know of, of this man and his blindness. Was he able to see at one point and then became blind?
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: Or, you know, was he blind from birth? And the verb can go either way. And that maybe gets us into the, are we fully human or not discussion? And maybe that's a way to think of it. Or how he embodies that there was at one point where this human being was able to see. And now he is blind. He's not able to see anymore. Adam and Eve were able to see in the beginning. That is until they sinned and their eyes were opened, if you will, but closed off to the ways of God and became blind to God and his ways. You know, that might be a way to kind of get at this text in a new way.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Um, I hadn't thought of that with the word, well, in the ESV it says recover, but when I was reading it, um, like Jesus' response to the beggar at the end, he's like, recover your sight, your faith has made you well. That, you know, that... Phrase your faith has made you well is is interesting um and i'm assuming in greek is it how, d- how would that be translated
1: oh uh, yeah that your faith has made you well uh it's it's the word uh sozo and so your faith has saved you
0: oh so better in the greek yeah right or right. clearer of right. what he's trying to say
1: and that reminds me i think an earlier sermon i kind of did. talked that word sozo and uh, we it wasn't
0: this text we get this line from jesus other times right with yeah. miracles
1: yeah yeah and sometimes our english kind of waters it down and no it's a it's it's a salvation sort of word and the holy spirit gives us this gift of faith and that faith right saves Right. Us.
0: so it's not just jesus didn't just heal his physical blindness but also his spiritual blindness we can read it that way right
1: i think we can go that far yeah but uh, not to diminish that the physical miracle happened and um that was kind of you know kind of the larger point I was drawing in that uh, we are the blind beggar, we are spiritually blind, our Lord's going to help us see once more. Just as the disciples lack understanding, they're not going to lack understanding at the end of Luke on the other side of Easter when Jesus opens their minds to understand the scriptures. You know, I could have gone to that piece and I didn't do that. Uh, the violent control of the crowds, it will be co-opted by our God who will establish his reign in his rule and his control over the creation once more all this is going to go through the the prism of lent and holy week and easter
0: well thank you pastor uh so i guess we can just have a quick reminder of services and times that are coming up so this episode hopefully will be released before ash wednesday so those i'm I'm giving him a look right now like hopefully (laughs) we'll
1: see see how the the editors handle that
0: (laughs) no it'll be good So our Ash Wednesday service is at 12 and 7, and then the rest of the Wednesdays will be at 4 o'clock and 6.30 with soup supper in between.
1: Yep, there's also going to be an open gym available, and I'm looking forward to going through the five shortest books in the Bible on those Wednesdays.
0: Yeah, that'll be really fun to talk about with you. Well, this wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon's in the show notes. And you can also find it on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Pastor, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thanks, Deaconess. All right, take care, you guys. Bye.
1: Bye. So what are you giving up for Lent?